0: This is an ABC podcast. Hi, I'm James glean and this is the Australia Votes Podcast. We're now less than two weeks out from Election Day and voting has already begun, with lines at some pre-polling centres this morning. The state of Queensland and its capital, Brisbane, could play a key role in the outcome, but according to our radio hosts on the ground, disillusionment with both major parties is palpable.
1: Both are duds. That's that's a common sentiment that comes through. I have never <laughs> had listeners who are more frustrated disappointed and disillusioned with a campaign.
0: We'll have more from ABC Brisbane Mornings host, Rebecca Levingston, in a moment. But first, I'm joined by podcast co-host, Melissa Clark. Mel, we had the second debate last night and uh, we're not going to criticise other journalists on this podcast, but it wasn't the most informative thing to watch, was it?
2: It was pretty bleak. If you thought question time was bad, you know, if you've ever accidentally tuned in uh, in the middle of the afternoon and, and seen question time and thought, good Lord, they look like like children the game is on my People People then you probably were going to have an even more severe reaction to last night's leaders' debate. Uh, it was a really strict format. of was meant to be quite uh, concise and contained with only 60 seconds for answers to each question with the moderator, but it pretty quickly descended into uh, the two leaders talking over each other, shouting at each other. We need to stop you there. We to stop you there. Can you, Can you the please... To make sure we you did. both agreed to the rules. The rules to day. the point where neither could answer a question whether opposed by the journalists or by each other to themselves. We have had some initial TV ratings figures that suggest more than 600,000 Metro viewers at least to watch this debate. I'm surprised. It was pretty hard to watch and you didn't get any information out of it, which is very frustrating. I think both leaders realise that because we had Scott Morrison today trying to re-prosecute some of the talking points because he couldn't really make a policy case in that debate. But nonetheless, the two... Leaders uh, have bravely put on a face to say, well, this is what debating is all about. It was a pretty spirited debate. I'm sure everybody will agree. These are passionate topics. Well, Scott Morrison didn't have anything to say except shouting.
0: Anthony Albanese there. Personally, Mel, I don't think these debates are that useful for either leader. Anthony Albanese just wants to get through without having a, another so-called gaffe. Scott Morrison doesn't want to be quizzed on his record in government, so they descend into these kind of predictable incomprehensible slanging matches. Are we going to get much out of the next one? We've only got a few days to wait.
2: Look, surely it can't be as bad,
0: right? Uh, Lastly, Mel, last week we mentioned the polls, which showed Labor well in front. Of course, we put all those usual caveats on opinion polls, but today the opposition still appears to be well in front, in fact, slightly further in front and uh, in potential landslide territory.
2: It's pretty extraordinary what we're seeing in the polls they are consistently showing an ever slightly widening margin in favor of the ALP and they are consistent across news poll and ipsos showing uh, the ALP's lead on a, on a two party preferred basis either at 54 uh, 46 or 57 43 uh, if they were replicated on polling day that would be an absolute landslide for the ALP. Now, those movements might be within the margin of error, but frankly even if the pollsters were making errors that were bigger than their own margin of error, this still gives Labor a clear win.
0: Yeah, you'd have to think that if the polls are wrong, again that'll be it for that profession. It'll be the end. (laughs) Well the Federal Opposition has a commanding position in the published national opinion polls but if there's one place where Labor has really underperformed compared to surveys over the past few years it is in Queensland. In 2019, polls suggested the race was close in the Sunshine State, and yet the coalition romped at home by a massive margin, winning 23 seats to Labour's six. So, will things be any different at all this time? I'm joined now by Rebecca Levingston from ABC Radio in Brisbane. Rebecca, welcome to the Australia Votes podcast.
1: Thank you, James, and I hope you're ready for a a seagull analogy first up because that was like one of the first text messages I got this morning about the leaders' debate this week. Dawn said to me, the leaders' debate, it was like two seagulls fighting over a chip. I have never (laughs) had listeners who are more frustrated, disappointed and disillusioned with a campaign.
0: That is fascinating. If voters swing in Queensland, they could decide this election. I mean, when the tide moves... In the Sunshine State, it tends to really, really move. Two weeks out, people are going to the polls already. Do you have any idea which way it's going to go?
1: Well, people voted right off the bat this morning. Um, Vince was a bloke who who voted at 8.30 this morning, first day of pre-polling. He voted Liberal and he was at pains to say, still not convinced either major party has a grasp on things like the economy, health or education or national security, but he still gave his vote to the incumbent. Um, If you look at the state of play in Queensland, remember the last election, Scott Morrison, his line, how good is Queensland? Because Queensland was very good to him. Uh, Mm. 23 out of 30 seats in the lower house stayed with the LNP, only six to Labor, one of course, Bob Catter Mm -hmm. up in Kennedy, who uh, will be carried out of Parliament probably, but I mean, has Labor done enough in this term? <laughs> it's it's hard to say that they've put up a really uh, decent fight because at the moment it's more people's frustration or disappointment with Scott Morrison and the LNP rather than saying, oh, yeah, we think our Anthony Albanese and Labor's a good option. D-
0: does that disillusionment, mean the minor parties could be the big beneficiaries of a protest vote? I mean, the Greens in particular are claiming they could win the seat of Brisbane while one nation saying, well, we could win a couple of senators potentially.
1: It's hard to tell because based on you know the talk back and text that I get, mm. generally Greens and Labor voters I think are more outspoken. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know Um, with LNP voters, I think, because... The
0: quiet coalition um, voters. (laughs) The the quiet Australians as Scott Morrison. Maybe,
1: although you know when they get really loud is when China's mentioned. When there is a fear factor in the campaign around China, around national security, that's when I get a wave of people saying they like Scott Morrison or they like Peter Dutton and they like that kind of... Uh, what they perceive to be a strength on national borders. So that's when they're outspoken. I mean, United Australia Party, there are yellow billboards all over Queensland, James. Mm. We're supposed to be the Maroon State. And at the moment, if you come in, the yellow of Clive Palmer's party is everywhere. Pauline Hanson has been far less visible this campaign compared to previous, but she does have a very dedicated base. Mm -hmm. So I think people seem to think that she'll get back into the Senate. Campbell Newman's, you know, running for a Senate seat. I mean, he was the Lord Mayor of Brisbane. He was the Premier of Queensland. And this morning, um, his wife, Lisa, was one of the people who was handing out how-to-vote cards at City Hall in the heart of of Brisbane. They Mm. they think he's going to get into the Senate.
0: So one of the interesting battles, uh, Rebecca, is right in the centre of town. Why is Brisbane being so closely watched?
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating seat. It's held by Trevor Evans for the LNP on a margin of about 4.9%. He's popular locally. He's young, progressive, um, openly gay. And he is being challenged really strongly by the Greens. Now, in the last election, the Greens vote was up around 22%, which is really high for the Greens. Uh, Stephen Bates is running. And he is a really articulate, um, connected campaigner, which is interesting in for Trevor Evans alongside Madonna Jarrett who's running for Labour. What's happening in that seat is that some of the more conservative leanings of the coalition nationally are actually coming back to affect Trevor Evans. So around LGBTIQ issues for example, Catherine Deves talking about, Mm. you know, women and sport where Scott Morrison has sort of backed her in there in a a Sydney seat, people are looking at Trevor Evans in Brisbane and going, well, do you agree with that decision? And so that the the more conservative leaning of the coalition is actually, I think, hurting a candidate like Trevor Evans in in inner Brisbane. But people have been so uh, brutally honest, I guess, candid in what they think of politics and politicians. I've got... Don't me to play you 60 mm. seconds of just me doing a walkthrough. This is in the seat of uh, Griffith just last week. So that's a really interesting seat. That is Kevin Rudd's old seat. The Greens absolutely think they have a red-hot chance Um, And, look, if the colour of Queensland is yellow with Clive Palmer billboards, the colour of the seat of Griffith is green at the moment because of Max Chandler-Mather. But just have a listen to what the voters of Griffith are saying about politics right now and who they think would be uh, the best next Prime Minister. I've never been more conflicted. I don't feel there's any strong leadership either way. What's standing out to you? Um, A few things, probably climate change will be my big one. I think Labor's made some good announcements when it comes to you know a bit more ambition to get emissions down and to look at the jobs and manufacturing um, in that. So i probably lean on Labor at the moment, but haven't decided.
2: Yeah, I'm probably leaning more towards
1: Liberal purely for the fact that I do have business issues and they tend to do a better job economy-wise frequently than the Labor Party. I'm not a fan of the Liberal Party, per se. I
0: actually don't know much about Albanese. I think think
1: he makes a good dad. How are you feeling about the federal election campaign? Um,
0: Both sides disappoint the shit out of me. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you go to Queensland, you get some... uh...
1: (laughs) You get a little taste of, um, yeah, how spicy people's Mm. language is and sense about leaders at the moment. I mean... Both are duds. That's that's a common sort of uh sentiment that comes through. Um people are people seem tired. Maybe that's coming out of the pandemic as mm-hmm. well. And you know, the the Channel Nine debate with people, you know, with the leaders talking over the top of each other, it was just sort of like, oh Come on.
0: People obviously can differentiate between state and federal politics. What sort of impact, if any, does Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk have on this campaign? Because she played such a high profile role during the pandemic and she has really taken a backseat on the national stage over the past month or so.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Because perhaps six months ago, Anastasia Palaszczuk might have been seen as more of a boost, a weapon for Labor in this campaign, but things turned... Right towards the end, as borders were opening up, and there are a few big events around the place that people perceive to be, uh, you know, timing-wise quite politically convenient. And I think Anthony Albanese he spent quite a lot of time in Queensland at the beginning of the campaign, but not with Anastasia Palaszczuk. He they were together on Labor Day this year, but Anthony Albanese is not flying into Brisbane and calling his mate, Mm. Stasia. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, but at the same time, lots of people were at pains to say, I might be voting for the LNP, but I don't like Scott Morrison.
0: Interesting. There was a lot of discussion at the last election about coal and the Adani mine. What what are the big issues that have dominated the campaign, particularly in Brisbane at the moment?
1: Uh, Look, like so many other places, I think cost of living, Mm -hmm. um, we're used to looking at... Sydney and Melbourne and going, well, thank goodness, you know, you can still afford to buy a house in Brisbane. But now, for example, Gabba, where the, the Gabba Stadium is, which will be the centrepiece of the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games, that suburb in just in the last couple of years has gone from, you know, a bit of light industrial, bit of business, bit of residential. Now you need $1.1 million to buy a house in wow. Gabba. Now to Brisbane people... That's a huge amount of money for that suburb. So people have really struggled with petrol prices. I don't know what's going to happen when the fuel excise, uh, you know, gets Gets put back back in. That will be a real challenge for people. A lot more people are saying climate change is a factor because, of course, we've been on fire, we've been flooded. Mm. Um, There is a real sense that... uh, gosh, these uh, extreme weather events that climate scientists have been telling us about are here. I think also people are now going, yeah, so what's the transition plan? Because it does seem like this has got to happen. So where are we at on that? I mean, there's still, of course... Senator Matt Canavan in there going his greatest achievement in the last term as a senator was getting the Adani coal mine approved and there'll still be some staunch supporters there but I think the tide is is turning on that and people are seeing like an opportunity in terms of jobs and also maybe not having quite so many extreme weather events as being a great advantage Mm. but I don't think either of the major parties are doing a great job at communicating something with confidence there.
0: Rebecca Levingston, thank you so much for joining the Australia Boats podcast.
1: Thanks for coming to Queensland.
0: And this podcast will be back tomorrow. You can catch up with our other episodes where we've checked in with other parts of the country right now on the ABC Listen app. Until next time, I'm James Glenday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast.